Welcome to Sealing God's People with your host, Dennis Beard. We're talking about the revelation, the revelation of Jesus Christ, that God gave unto him the choice to his servants things which must shortly come to pass, then signified it by his angel unto John. Now, Paul speaks in Ephesians 3 that this mystery of Christ that has been hid before and it is now revealed unto his holy apostles and prophets by the Spirit. Now he mentions two offices there. Holy apostles and prophets. Now he said first in the church, apostles. Secondarily, prophets. Then teachers. Then miracles. Then governments. Helps governments. But notice the primary was apostles. In the book of Acts goes the Acts of the Apostles. Now we know it's not the apostles, but Christ there that's doing the works. But it says the acts of the apostles because it's referring to the office. The office that is a spearhead. And the prophets, we find many in, in there, Agabus, Ananias, different ones that will speak the word of God, confirming it, and apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. In this new thing that God is doing, he will do the same thing that he did before for that which is, has been, and shall be. It cycles. So there's two primary offices that God is now using for the spearhead. Now all will come into it, but there's two offices there that will spearhead the last day move of God called the latter rain. And it will go into the depth of it. The apostles means sent one, but they go into the depth of the word as it is revealed unto his holy apostles, then prophets. First in the first church, apostles. Secondarily, prophets. Now, to understand that, that when God moves in a new thing, he's going to use that order. He's going to set that first through the apostles, then prophets. Those two primary offices, first apostles, secondarily prophets, will be the spearhead that will, as the ship goes through the waters, will navigate that ship through the Spirit, never without the Spirit of God. It will always speak according to the Word of God and never against the Word. So what that is in the Word of God has already been and shall be revealed. Cycles again. So we see a former rain and a latter rain. We see the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus paid for it all. And what is the new thing? Well, right now, the new thing is now being revealed to his holy apostles and prophets. Then we'll go to evangelists, pastors, teachers for the perfecting of the saints. The spearhead of those two offices. The two offices there will be the ones that suffer the most. No, there is never a revelation given without the cross. So after we've received that good word of God and we have faith delivered to us, that faith will be tried as by fire. So you that have heard the word of God and you've received it, then you will be tried. We all will. And these uh, kind of joy that all these diverse temptations that takes us, uh, be joyful in it. Though your faith be tried as by fire, that it can come forth as pure gold for the glory of God. Well, it's the sufferings. The persecution and tribulation arises for the word's sake. We see in First Thessalonians, the first chapter, there that Paul talks to the church at Thessalonica, and he talks about uh, in Chapter 4, the Lord himself descending from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, the trump of God, and the dead in Christ rising first, etc. The same thing he talked to the church at Corinth in the 15th chapter uh, there and uh, talked about the resurrection at, that at the last trump, the trump of God shall sound and the dead in Christ will rise first and we which are alive and remain. Uh, there at that last trump 
And many say that last trump is the seventh trumpet in the book of the Revelation. But the last trump, the last three trumpets in Revelation 8, we find the trumpet judgments of God that will be executed in and through the body of Christ. You see that in Revelation 11. So in this last day, new wine and new wineskins that's bringing it forth will be instruments of God's judgment through the word of God, through the spirit. But you'll see the last three trumpets are woe trumpets. And it says, woe, 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 be unto the inhabitants of the earth by the reason of the other three angels yet to sound. It didn't say that one of them was a resurrection trump. The trumpet of God is that last trump, not the seventh trumpet in uh, these trumpets that you find in the seals, trumpets, and vials. Because vials were in spell of the wrath of God, and then the trump of God will be after that last vial. We see that in Revelation 19. So there's a new thing God's doing that we must prepare for, and God's revealing it now to his holy apostles and prophets. Not just apostles and prophets, because they're false apostles and false prophets that have gone out into the world. And we're told to try these because many false prophets are entered into the world. 1 John 4, as we see in his epistle, Hereby try you the spirits to see whether they are of God. Any spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ, the Spirit of God, the Father of glory, the Word, the Holy Ghost, God himself, Elohim, El Shaddai, the Lord, is come in the flesh. Now, some of the translations are going to have has come in the flesh, going in a past tense. But it is in the original manuscript. Jesus Christ is come in the flesh, which is a present imperfect tense of the is come, which means it's presently happening and it has not been perfected yet. It's still going on. So this is a great truth. Any spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh is of God. That's how we try the spirits to see whether they are in the truth or not, whether they're false prophets, false apostles, or whether they're true. Ephesus tried them, and we see that in Revelation 2, and found them to be false apostles. How did they try them? Well, very simply, they did not confess that is, in the heart, confession made with the mouth, and the heart man believeth. Well, they say they're synagogue of, uh, they're a Jew, but are the synagogues of Satan. They say they're Jews, but they're not. They're the synagogue of Satan. We find that in Smyrna. But Ephesus founds that these are false apostles, and Jesus said, you're correct. You can and have the discernment there that there are false apostles. Now, what are the false apostles saying? What are these false prophets saying? Well, the prophets are like the foxes in the desert. They don't go up in the gap nor make up the hedge for the children of thy people, Israel, to stand in the day of the battle of the Lord. What day of the battle of the Lord? I didn't know there was a battle. Yes, it's a battle. There's a trumpet. And there, blow the trumpet in Zion. Sound an alarm in my holy mountain and cry, Alas, alas for the day, the day of the Lord come, cometh. It comes, it's not hand as a destruction from the Almighty. The same that the ten virgins, five wise, five foolish, say, Behold, the bridegroom cometh. It's coming, it's coming, and it's right at the door. But it's a preparation. It's a cry to prepare to meet thy God, O Israel. We have to prepare. The bride has made herself ready. How do we know that we do that? Well, there's a trial that we try the spirits, whether they are of God or not. And to do that, to find their, if they are a false apostle, if they are a false prophet, well, we have to understand what that means. And John says, this is the way you do it. 
1 John 4, verse 1 through 4, states now there's many false prophets that's entered into the world. Therefore, they try the spirits to see whether they are of God. Any spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ, the Spirit of God, in his glory now, he's been glorified with the Father's own self, that same Jesus whom you crucified, God hath made him the man, both Lord, Jehovah God Almighty, and Christ, the Spirit of God. That means that Jesus Christ is that spirit. The Lord is that spirit. 2 Corinthians 3.17. 1 Corinthians 15.45, that same Adam, that last Adam, is made a quickening spirit. Not a spirit man or a God man. A spirit. A quickening spirit. A spirit, spirit that quickens or gives life. We find that Jesus coming out of the tomb after his resurrection told his apostles, all power in heaven and earth is given to me, the man Christ Jesus. That didn't leave the Father powerless. He's glorified with the Father's own self, John 17, 5. Well, what does it mean? Jesus Christ is coming to flesh. Well, we have to have the revelation. We have to understand that because that's how you try the spirits to say whether they are of God or not. Well, Acts 2.36, Peter also nails it for us. He hits the mark and he says, Let all the house of Israel know assuredly, without a shadow of a doubt, that same Jesus whom you crucified, that man, died on the cross for you. That same Jesus that you crucified, that man, God hath made him, that man, both Lord and Jehovah God Almighty, Kyrios in the Greek, and Christ, Christos, the Hamashiach, the Spirit of God. Now that Christ is in us. To see what that Jesus Christ is, we have to understand in the days of his flesh, he's one of us, he's a man. But he's talking about now Jesus Christ is coming the flesh. Not has come, but is come, still is coming present in perfect tense, in the flesh, which is the body of Christ. So Jesus Christ, not referring to Jesus in the days of his flesh, not in his humiliated state being becoming a man, that God formed himself a body of flesh and blood. And we find that in Isaiah 43.10. Thus saith the Lord, Jehovah God Almighty, the Spirit, and my servant whom I have chosen, that's the man, that you may know and believe me and understand that I am he. God is that servant. Before me there was no God formed, neither shall be after me. God formed himself a body. It's God himself manifest. The Spirit, the Lord Jehovah, the Tetragrammaton, the Yeshua, the, the yod ha waha Yahweh, Jehovah, manifest now in the flesh, in his own body, his, as a servant made under the law to redeem us that were under the law. Well, no, God said that I am the Lord, thy redeemer, God, thy savior, the Holy one of Israel, not a Holy Trinity. So we missed the mark. We follow the Trinity God in three persons when there is no Trinity. There is no binary. There's no tunis. And there's no oneness doctrine where the man is not God, but has God in him. But even in his glorification, they have him standing at the right hand of God, being a glorified man, but yet the spirit is still in the man, but the man is not God. The true doctrine of Christ is, Jesus Christ is that spirit. He is the Christ that is still coming in the flesh. That's the meaning of 1 John 4, verse 1 through 4. Any spirit that confesses not that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh, present in perfect tense, still doing it, building the body of Christ, building the tabernacle of David, that is according to the flesh, the temple of God, which temple we are, says that Jesus Christ, the spirit, is not come in the flesh. Who is Jesus Christ? Is that spirit of Antichrist. Oh, my goodness. That's a radical, radical statement. 
because we believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, but he's not the Father. He's not the Lord Jehovah. Well, Acts 2.36 says he is. That same Jesus, that man you crucified, God has made him, that man, both Lord. How many lords are there? Well, let's say one body, one spirit, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God, who's above all, Father of us all and in us all. Ephesians 4. Well, Jesus Christ, that man, is that spirit. In his glorification, in his humiliation, he's a man made none of the law. To redeem us under the law, he dies, is buried, rises again. But Jesus said, while he's in that flesh, he said, while I'm with you, he's dwelling with you, he said, I'll pray the Father, send you another comforter, whom the world cannot receive, because it seeth him not, neither knoweth him. Doesn't know him. But you know him, tells his disciples. You know him, for he dwells with you. I'm walking with you. You're seeing me, and I shall be, future tense, I shall be in you. Then Jesus makes a profound statement. I will not leave you comfortless. I will come to you. Well, he certainly can't come to flesh and flesh, but he can when he's glorified, that same Jesus, they're glorified, has become a quickening spirit. The last Adam made a quickening spirit, the Lord being made both Lord and Christ, and that Lord is the spirit, 2 Corinthians 3.17. The Lord is that spirit. Now that spirit, Christ, is in us. That is the mystery of godliness, Christ in you the hope of glory. So that's how we and all apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers, and all the works in the ministry, bishops, elders, deacons, uh, everyone, and helps governments and everything in the body of Christ will profess that Jesus Christ is that spirit that is now, is come, still coming in the flesh until the fullness of the Gentiles become in, the last soul is saved. And then God will return his focus to national Israel. Not till then. Then he will turn to national Israel, Israel after the flesh, and will be saved in one day as a nation, not in the body of Christ, as a nation. And they will reign there in the earth, all nations will be blessed in the nation Israel for 1,000 years. They will still be in bodies of flesh and blood. Death will still be in the earth during the millennial. And it states that uh, one dies 100 years old. They'll say, but he was but a child. Why? Because they should live all the way to 1,000. That's the reason no one. And Adam, after his fall, by one man's disobedience, sin came to the world and death by sin after the fall of Adam. And sin brought forth death. The wages of sin is death. No man lived to perfect glory. 1,000. How do we know that 1,000 perfected glory? Because Song 8, Canticles 8, says that Solomon hath a vineyard in Baal Haman, possessor of a multitude. Solomon, you must have a thousand. Perfected glory. All the keepers of the vineyard, the keepers, 200. 200 for the apostle, 200 for the prophet, 200 for the evangelist, 200 for the pastor, 200 for the teacher, the hand of God, apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, and teacher for the perfecting of the saints, 1,000. And... Uh, all the keepers of the vineyard, 200. Well, that means that no man could put their hand to the tree of life and live because he put cherubim at the east of the garden of God and a flaming sword turning every which way. That sword's the word of God. The cherubim is Jesus there, alluding to him with his four faces, lion, man, ox, and eagle. Capital C, because he, 
will keep the way of the tree of life. Now we, in the body of Christ, are the little seed cherubim. That shadow in the mercy seat. Paul said we can't speak particularly about that now. That's the work of the ministry, not in Pentecost, but in tabernacles. Now he's revealing that to two offices now to his holy apostles and prophets, just as Paul said in Ephesians 3. It's all Christ. There's nothing new by revelation of Christ, but there is nothing that you can add to the cross. Jesus died, buried, and rose again, and paid the price, and you're complete in him and have need of nothing else. It's just a higher revelation of what he has purchased with his own blood. Now we notice that in that season of tabernacles, now there's three different seasons. That first season is Passover. And we see that the Feast of Passover, Feast of Unleavened Bread, and the Feast of First Fruits, Death, Burial, and Resurrection of Jesus, we see that come to pass some 2,000 years ago, and the gospel according to Matthew, the gospel according to Mark, gospel according to Luke, and the gospel according to John. And we see those four faces of that cherubim, Genesis 3.24. We see that in the gospel of Matthew as the line of the tribe of Judah. A gospel according to Mark, he is the man, the perfect man. When we see him in Luke, we see the attributes of Jesus, that he is a suffering servant, the ox. And, of course, John, we see him as the eagle, blind man, ox, and eagle, the four faces of Jesus, which is the glory of God revealed in his face, or the face is. We see that in 2 Corinthians 3. God has shown forth his glory in the face of Jesus Christ, but we have this treasure in earthen vessels, that the excellency of the power might be gotten out of ourselves, what does it reveal? Jesus Christ has come in the flesh. Reveals what? The Lord is that spirit. Jesus is that spirit. Christ is that spirit. Now we're getting into the revelation of Christ and the height, depth, length, and width of Christ, which is all Christ. But the revelation is given in the spearhead move, in the piloting of the ship, there in the governing of the ship, through the holy apostles and prophets. That is the, the forerunner, the spearhead, the ship going through these waters, the waters of truth. How do your belly show for rivers of living water, says he spake of the Holy Ghost, which was not yet given because Jesus was not yet glorified. In the days of his flesh, he's a man. But after he pays the price, the death, burial, and resurrection, then he's glorified with the Father's own self, John 17, 5, going back, to where he was before. Glorified by the Father's own self. And we see that in Revelation 3.21. You overcome, Jesus said, the overcomer, you'll grant, I'll grant it for you to sit with me in my throne. I've prepared a place for you. But where did you go, Jesus? Even as I overcame and am set, S-E-T, a forever settled state of glory. Set down, S-E-T, down with my father in his throne, not beside it, not around it, in it. Glorify by the father's own self. That's the reason Jesus said in John 2, destroy this temple in three days, I will raise it up. No man can raise up his own body except he be God. They said 46 years were they in building this temple. And you're gonna, you're gonna raise it up in three days? Jesus spake of the temple of his body, and he did it. He said, I will lay down my body. No man taketh my life from me. I freely lay it down. I have power to lay it down, to die. I have power to raise it back up. Why? Because he is that spirit. He's God Almighty. How did he receive that? He received it of the Father because he is the Father. That's made himself of no reputation to manifest himself, the father of glory in a body of flesh and blood as the son of God, who is the father revealed. There's your revelation. We must have that truth. 
Jesus Christ is come in the flesh. That's of God. Well, that's what all his holy apostles and prophets and the new thing that God does will proclaim that truth because there is no other truth. That's a foundation rock, and it's also the foundation stone, but it's also the capstone or the headstone or the final finishing stone. He's the first and the last. He is the alpha and the omega, the beginning and the ending. Jesus. He is that spirit. There's always been God and always will be God. Just because he made himself of no reputation, laid aside his glory, to take on the form of a servant made in the likeness of men and being fashioned as a man does not annul that he is God. He didn't never cease and desist from being God. He's always been God, always will be God. Jesus is that spirit that created all things, whether there be thrones, principalities, powers, things visible and invisible. All things are made by him, for him, and for his good pleasure. Well, we see that it's Jesus Christ, the Spirit of God, the Father of glory. However, when he came in a body of flesh and blood, that office of the Spirit is called the Son of God. The Father's the invisible Spirit. It's an eternal office. It's an eternal function. It will never stop. It will have, never have an end. The Son of God is an eternal office also. God manifests in the flesh. That is, Jesus Christ is come in the flesh, that he is God, he is that God, and they are coming in the flesh is now the body of Christ. Jesus Christ is come in the flesh, is still coming in the flesh, building up that stone hewn out of a mountain without hands that will grow and fill the whole earth. The kingdom, kingdoms of this world becoming the kingdoms of our Lord and of his Christ. Who is revealing that? Well, if the Spirit of God is. What two offices does God use for the spearhead of that? His holy apostles and prophets, as it is now revealed. Ephesians 3. So what's the thing? It's a new thing. Well, it's always been that God is God, but this is just in a different season. So we had that season of Pente- season of Passover, death, burial, and resurrection. Then following it was the Feast of Weeks, that second season, Pentecost. That's Acts, the second chapter. That happened 2,000 years ago. Well, Now we're entering into a new season. After that second day, he'll revive us. But now we're in the third day, the third thousandth year. We're now, 2022, we're in that third day. It's been over 2,000 years. We're in the third day. And he said, I will raise you up. Three's the number of resurrection. It's not the number of the Godhead. It's the number of the resurrection. In three days, I will raise you up. Three days, Jesus was raised from the dead. Three is resurrection. And he said, after that second day, but in that third day where we are now, I will raise you up and you will live where? In my sight. Seeing Jesus face to face? Yes. The pure in heart will see God. And we're talking about the latter reign of the Holy Ghost. Ask you of the Lord reign in the time of the latter reign. So the Lord will make bright clouds, send forth showers to everyone grass in the field. But the grass before this latter growth comes, the growth of the kingdom, he has to mow down the grass Therefore, the latter growth. That's what we see in Amos 7. This is the latter growth, the latter rain, after the king's mowings. Why would he mow it down? Well, because he's going to prune us. So we will come forth higher and greater glory. And somebody said, well, that hurts. Well, of course it does. He prunes us so that we'll bring forth more fruit. 
Now, we've gone through corn harvest of wheat and barley. That is the Passover barley to the Pentecostal harvest wheat. Three measures of barley for a penny, a measure of wheat for a penny. That's corn harvest. Now we're in the fruit harvest of oil and wine. And that's the reason in the black horse rider in Revelation 6 that that black horse rider going forth with a pair of balancers in his hand. We're balancing this. It's a balancing of the clouds, a balancing of the glory. And that is, if you've been partaker of the sufferings, you'll also be a partaker of the consolation. If you suffer with him, you're going to reign with him. And he says there, a measure of wheat for a penny. That's Pentecost. Three measures of barley for a penny. That's Passover, death, burial, and resurrection. And see that you hurt not the oil and the wine. That's fruit harvest. So it's not only the summer harvest of corn, wheat, and barley, but also the fruit harvest of oil and wine. And that's the reason why in this latter-day reign of the Holy Ghost, there's going to be on that cedar work within the veil that you're going to find engraving upon the walls of cedar that God will uncover the cedar work, which is the walls of the holiest of all, the most holy place, the holiest of holies. You're going to find engraving on those walls, cherubim, an engraving of an engraver, and also palm trees, engraving of an engraver, a seal, a signet. A signet is a seal, and the little book has seven seals unto perfection. It speaks of perfecting when the seven thunders uttered their voices. John said, I was about to write. I said, write and not. It's not coming in a general revelation to everyone. Because each individual member of the body of Christ must find the will of God for their life and do it. So God can fitly frame it, piece it together. Fitly frame together. Of what? And then compacted, sealed where the devil can't get in. Compacted together. Joint to joint. Bone to bone. And that joint, the bones coming to bone whichever joint supplies to the edifying of itself in love, what through the measure of every part, given to every part. What measure? The measure of faith given to each individual measure, member part for it to fitly frame together for the work of the ministry. That means that you, as an individual believer, must do your part, and me, as an individual believer, must do my part in doing the will of God for it to be fitly framed together. The eye can't say to the foot, I have no need of thee. God has put the more abundant honor on the less comely parts that there'd be no chism or division in the body. We all need each other. And the two offices going forth right now are the holy apostles and prophets to those that have an ear to hear. God is revealing it to them, bringing it to the body of Christ as it goes through these waters there in the new thing that God is doing. Spearheading that. And Jesus stated that, that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh and that flesh is the body of Christ until we grow up into him in all things, in all truth, not partial truth. In Pentecost, we saw through a glass darkly. We had only knowledge in part. Prophecies had failed, knowledge of cease. But in the last day, perfection, when that which is perfect is come. That is not just faith. That's charity. You add it to your faith, virtue, virtue, knowledge, knowledge, temperance, temperance, patience, patience, godliness, godliness, brotherly kindness, brotherly kindness, charity. Charity is the epoch. It's the growing up in him in all things, on all truth. It's a full-grown man, weaned from the milk. Until we get there, we're child. 
were children. Paul said, when I was a child, I spake to the child, I understood as a child. I had knowledge of a child. But when I became a man, full grown, I put away childish things. The faith of the child. We go in faith to faith. The first beginning is the faith of a child, a children's faith. But then I become a a man, full grown, growing up into Jesus and all things in the inner man. I put away childish things, the faith of the child, because I went from faith of a child to the faith of young men to the faith of fathers, full grown, weaned from the milk, skillful in the word of righteousness. And that's what God's doing now. He's revealing it to his holy apostles and prophets. It's growing, and it's literally spearheading the waters of truth to those that have an ear to hear what the Spirit is saying to the churches. We, while preaching in the Messiah Tribal Church in Transmira, Kenya, Africa, knowing that there's a great move of God happening right now in Africa, wonderful move. Can't wait to get back there because they receive the word of God. Transmira and just a little little Maasai tribal church, they received the word of God. Great move of God. And while they did, coming out of that church, the Holy Ghost hit, hit me very, very strong to the point I couldn't even walk, staggering around, went on for about two hours, but the Lord spake, seal my people by my word. A sealing? This is the signet, the seals of the little book, the Bibliorhidion, the Bibliorhidion is the little book in the right hand of him that sat on the throne. That means we're in the last of the last days, friend. It's not something that's going to be 100 years later or whatever. Now, no man knows the day they are. I realize that. But we know the signs of the times. We know the seasons that are given to us because we're children of the day, not of the night. That that day will not take us as a thief in the night. Well, we know the times. We know the seasons that's given to us. And we find that in 1 Thessalonians, the fifth chapter. Well, he said, seal my people by my word as I send the angel from the east. At the same time that he sends the angel from, as I send the angel from the east. Ascend there, so send I you. Now, that was a profound word. That lets us know that we're in the last of the last days. For those that have an ear to hear, we were fabricated, giving glory to God. And it took us about four hours to get over that just in a flow of the Holy Ghost. Drunkenness, I suppose, but not as with wine or strong drink, but in the Holy Ghost. Well, that's where we are now. The body of Christ receiving that word of God, especially in Africa and India right now, and uh, we're wondering where the ministers are in the United States. Surely the word's the same. One God, one Lord, one faith, one baptism. One God who's above all, Father of us all and in us all. The one God people. The denominations will just do everything they can to stop it because they're going to board it up. And if it's not something that's been there in the past and they say, well, it's a new thing, we don't want it. The new thing is scary. But it's the word of God. We have to come to the measure of the statue of the fullness of Christ growing up in him and all things, all truth. Or we will not do the will of God and make heaven. That's when you said, not only say to me, Lord, Lord, we'll be able to enter in. Because you didn't do the will of God in Matthew 7. They knew that he's the father of glory. They just didn't do the will of God. They profess unto Jesus, we've done many wonderful works, prophesy in your name cast out devils in your name. And certainly they did. He said, I never knew you. Depart from me, you that work iniquity. You weren't following the leading of the Holy Ghost. That's iniquity, lawlessness. There will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Don't let it be you. And certainly I do want to be. I want to be following the Lord, be found in him, not having mine own righteousness, which is of the law, but the righteousness of God by faith. He's doing it right now to his holy apostles and prophets. That voice is going out. People are hearing the ministers, the teachers, the evangelists, pastors, and teachers are following. Then miracles, helps, governments are following, and it's being lifted up right now in the name of Jesus being lifted up. 
He'll draw them in. Some won't hear. They'll say the old wine, the old store is better. But God said they must be put the new wine in new wineskins. Thereby, both will be preserved. How do you know what's false? How did, how did Ephesus, the Ephesians, know that they were false apostles? Because they tried them. Any spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ is come of the flesh is of God. They didn't confess that. They said Jesus Christ is not the Father of glory. He's the Son of God, but he's not the Father. He's not that spirit. He's not the Lord Jehovah God Almighty. And Acts 2.36 says whenever Jesus raised up his own body of flesh and blood, God, he is God, raising up his own body. He did that in John 2, just as he said he did. And all of that let all the house of Israel know assuredly beyond any shadow of a doubt, God, Jesus, that spirit, has made that man whom you crucified, that man, Jesus Christ, the man, both Lord, Jehovah God Almighty, and Christ, the Holy Ghost. When Paul understood on that Damascus road, he saw, he didn't see a man standing out there going, oh, Paul, whoa. No, he saw a light that burned God's light, and he saw that light brighter than the sun, blinded him for three days. So much power there. I never forget the first time the Lord visited me back in 1989. I will never, I shall never forget it. Going through a very hard time in our life, financially, that was on the field, had been starving, and thought this is it. And then the Lord appeared, 3.33 in the morning, never will forget it. And at that time, and his appearing, it's hard to explain how that God himself, that man, Christ Jesus, the man sitting there looking at me, knew every cell in my body, every cell, not just the person, not just my cellular structure, but he knew every individual cell in my body. It was very frightening, uh, reverence, fear, godly fear for sure. I did not speak a word and just beheld him. The power, the magnitude, the majesty of him is beyond explanation. And at that time, that's what changed our ministry into going higher into that final tabernacle, final level perfection of the saints, the perfecting of the saints, not just we're saved and sanctified and on our way to heaven, but the full perfection growing up into Jesus in all things. Our life has never been the same. And we've rocked along these many years preaching that. But now profoundly with the visitation there in Transamerica, Kenya, that kind of rocked our boat, shook us to the very, our very being that the time is now. Seal my people by my word. And I send the angel ascending from the east, having the seal of the living God, so send I you. Oh, my. We're in the last of the last days. The urgency was so strong that we have to stir ourselves up. We have to do this. We have to reach the ones that have an ear to hear the voice of the Spirit of God. He's doing it now. But we have to know what Jesus Christ is come in the flesh is because that's how we try all spirits to see whether they are of God. Jesus Christ is that spirit. In the days of his flesh, he was a man. Now, he's glorified. What? When he was glorified by the Father's own self, that same Jesus whom you crucified, Acts 2.36, he's made Lord, Christ, the Spirit of God. He's the Lord. He is, 2 Corinthians 3.17, the Lord is that Spirit. He is that God. 
That's Christ. Christ is that spirit, always has been that spirit, always will be that spirit. That's how you try the spirit. So, 1 John 2.20, we have an unction from the Holy One, not a holy trinity, not a holy two, not a holy oneness, but a holy one, Jesus only. And we know all things and know uh and we know all truth, no lies of the truth. First John 2, 22. Who is a liar? How do you know if they're a liar or not? How do you know if they're a false apostle, false prophet or not? They all prophesy. They all say in the name of the Lord. You can take a, a necromancer. You can talk a, 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 a familiar spirit. They'll all say they got their power from God. How do you know it's true? How do you try that spirit? How do you know whether it's true or not? John says, here's how you do it. Any spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh, not has come, is come. It's a present imperfect tense. We have to acknowledge it. Jesus Christ is that spirit. Jesus, Jehovah's salvation, he is Jehovah. Christ, he is that spirit. He's the Holy Ghost. He is the power of God. He is the spirit of God. He is the Lord Jehovah God Almighty. Now, we give him the glory due to his name. He is Jehovah. He's the Lord God, the Father of glory. He's not the Son of God. The Son of God is the Father. Not two separate persons. The Father, God, Son of God, two separate beings. No, you just denied Jesus Christ has come in the flesh. And now we find, we find that in 1 John 2.22. Who is a liar? But he that denieth that Jesus is the Christ. What? For he hath denied both the Father. Why did he deny the Father? Because Christ is the Father. Christ is the Father. Who is that? Jesus is the Christ. Now, we're saying Jesus is the Father. Because if he denies that Jesus is the Christ, he has denied that Father. He is denied that Jesus Christ is the Father that's come in the flesh. Because the Father is plainly told to us in Ephesians 4. There is one body, one spirit, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God, who is above all, the Father of us all, and in us all. That's the Spirit. That's Jesus. And there's one body. That's the flesh. That flesh, Jesus Christ is come in the flesh, is the body of Christ. Still coming in the flesh. And still will until the last, the fullness of the Gentiles be come in. Then God's attention will then focus and that toward Israel after the flesh, natural Israel. Till then, it's the church. All of natural Israel can be grafted in again because then the natural olive branch can be put in back into the vine. We're the wild olive branches that have been grafted in and we stand by faith. Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is what we all need to know and how to try the spirits to see whether the truth. Not going to church and see what, what is your doctrinal statement. Well, we believe this and that and the other, and we believe the Bible. Well, that's all fine and good. Everybody says they believe the Bible. Everybody said they believe in Jesus Christ, Son of God. All of them will confess that. Even the uh, the Allah, the Islamist, believe in Islam, will say that they believe in Jesus Christ. They believe that he was a man. He was a prophet. But they don't believe he's Jesus Christ has come in the flesh. They don't believe he's God Almighty, the Father of glory, the Lord, who's above all. They've got that to be Allah. And the prophet to be Muhammad. Well, we know that Jesus Christ is that spirit. 
He is the Lord, 2 Corinthians 3.17. He's a blessed and only potentate, 1 Corinthians, uh, I'm sorry, uh, 1, uh, uh, 1 Timothy 6.15 and 16. He's a blessed and only potentate, omnipotent, omniscient, omnipresent, God Almighty, Jesus Christ. He only hath immortality dwelling in the light which no man can approach unto, nor see, nor can see. Jesus Christ. Why don't we focus on that? Because that's the only way that you can try the spirits to see whether they are of God. There's no other way. Here's how you try the spirits to see whether they are of God. Not whether they talk in tongues. Not whether they work a miracle. But they confess. Confession made with the mouth out of the abundance of the heart. That Jesus Christ the Lord of glory, the Father, the Word, the Holy Ghost, that God himself, the Elohim, the El Shaddai, he's God, he's that spirit. 1 John 2, 22, who is a liar, but he denied that Jesus is the Christ, not just a Christ, the Christ. He is anti-Christ that has denied the Father and the Son. Denied the Father, why? Because Christ is the Father. So Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is the Father's come in the flesh. Well, we just quote that, Ephesians 4. A God who is above us all, Father of us all, and in us all, the Father, is that Spirit. God is a Spirit. Every office of the Spirit, Father, Word, Holy Ghost, El Shaddai, Almighty, all the Jehovah, various titles of the attributes, all are that spirit, just different functions of that spirit, different attributes of that spirit. Jehovah Shalom, the Lord of peace, Jehovah Vofika, the Lord that heals thee, Jehovah Shama, the Lord is there, uh, all of Je- Jehovah Maskedim, Jehovah Tendishkinu, the Lord our righteousness, Jehovah Jireh, the, the Lord will provide. All the Jehovah titles are the titles of his attributes. I'm the Lord that heals you, there is present, provides your peace, all that, the righteousness. That is that spirit. There's only one spirit of God. Jesus Christ is that spirit. 2 Corinthians 3.17. He is that only potentate, omnipotent. That's 1 Timothy 6.15. He is the Father, John 8.24. He, the man Christ Jesus, is one with the Father, one in the same spirit, John 10, 30. On and on. There's only one God, and that is that spirit. Jesus Christ is that spirit. And he is, that spirit is still coming in the flesh as the body of Christ grows. The kingdom of God grows and fills the earth. That's a stone hewn out of a mountain without hands fills the earth. Smites the image in the feet. That stone hewn out of a mountain without hands is Jesus Christ. We see that in Daniel 2 in the vision. And right now, he's sealing up the vision and the prophecy. The prophecy is the book of this prophecy, the revelation of Jesus Christ. He's doing it now. How do you try the spirits? Don't let anybody deceive you. Jesus Christ, any spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ is, come in the flesh, is of God. You'll see that in 1 John 2.22. Here again, who's a liar, but he didn't deny it, that Jesus is uh, the Christ. Christ is that spirit and every office of that spirit. Christ is the Father. Christ is the Son. Christ is the Son of Man. Christ is the Son of God. Christ is the Word. Christ is the Father. Christ is El Shaddai. Christ is Elohim, Christ is Jehovah, and all the Jehovah titles. Christ is every office. He is all and in all that God is. There, who is a liar, but he that not that Jesus is the Christ. He is Antichrist, something in lieu of that revelation of Christ. He that denied that Jesus is the Christ has denied the Father, 1 John 2, 22, because Christ is the Father. And that father is come in the flesh. And he's denied the son. Why? Because the son is that spirit, Christ. Well, you see that. Also, Galatians 4, verse 6, God has sent forth the spirit. 
of his son into our hearts, whereby we cry, what, Abba, Son? No, Abba, Father. Because there's one spirit, the spirit of the Father, the spirit of the Son is Christ. It's all the same. So any spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, the Word, the Holy Ghost, God Almighty himself, El Shaddai, is come, present and perfect tense, still coming in the flesh, is of God. The body of Christ being built, Spirit of God still being received in the body of Christ and growing and fulfilling the word of God, making many sons unto glory. The kingdom of God, many growing and filling the earth. Any spirit that confesses not that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh, that he is that father of glory still coming in the flesh, is not of God. And is that spirit of Antichrist. So, what's the bottom line? That's a way that you try the spirits. How do you know they are of God? How can you find a false apostle? He says he's an apostle. He says he follows Jesus. Many will come in my name saying I'm Christ. Shall deceive many in my name, Jesus said. Said I'm anointed. And will deceive many. There'll be many false prophets. That's already in the world. John said so. First John 4, verse 1. And he says there, your foxes in the desert, they have uh, not made up the gap nor set up the hedge for the children of Israel to stand on the day of the battle of the Lord, the, the church of the living God. They say uh, prophets are light. They're treacherous. For they have not gnawed the bone Till the morrow. You see that in Ezekiel 13, Ezekiel 21. You'll find that prophet is hatred in the house of his God. Why? Because he has brought forth a false Christ, a false Messiah, a second person of the Godhead, not giving him the glory that is due unto him, his name, Jesus. Jehovah is salvation. Not Jehovah Jr. Jehovah, his salvation, is the Son of God. And the Son of God has come. The Son of God is the Father. The Son of God is the Spirit. <laughs> the Son of God has come and given us an understanding of him that is true. And we are in him that is true, even in his Son, Jesus Christ. This is the only true God and eternal life. Little children, keep yourselves from idols. Amen. 1 John 5, 20. What is that? The Son of God is that Spirit of the Father. One and the same. There's only one Spirit. Spirit of the Son is the Spirit of the Father. Jesus Christ is that Spirit. He is the Father. He is that Holy Ghost. He is that Christ that is now abiding. If you have the Holy Ghost, Christ in you, the hope of glory. Well, I'll end with this. Whosoever believe that Jesus is the Christ is born of God. You want to be born again? You've got to have that revelation. 1 John 5, verse 1. Whosoever believe it, that Jesus is the Christ, he is the Spirit of God in all the different offices, regardless of what office it is. Father, Word, Holy Ghost. Son of God, Son of Man, Lord Jehovah, El Shaddai, Elohim. Regardless, it's Christ. There's only one spirit there. One spirit, no matter what. The Father is the redemption office of the spirit. The Word is the expression office of that spirit. Same spirit, not a different spirit. The Word, the Logos, is the thought, plan, purpose, and will of God. The Father is the administrative office of that Spirit. The Holy Ghost is the power office of that Spirit. And you shall receive power that the Holy Ghost has come upon you. The Son of God is the redemptive office of that Spirit. Can't come to the Father except through me, Jesus said, Son of God. That's the blood office. That's the revealed name of God office, Jesus, which is the name of the Father. And you're in that office. You're in that and partaker of his divine nature of whom the whole family of God in heaven is named, 
and in earth is named that name Jesus. You take on that name in baptism. What is that Jesus? That Christ is every office of the Spirit. So whosoever believed that Jesus is the Christ is born of God. We must have that revelation. That's how you try the spirits. So next time a person comes to the church and this, that, and the other, regardless of what kind of life, regardless of what kind of the, uh, whatever office he claims, apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, teacher, whatever the case is, any spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ, the revelation of God, that he is come in the flesh, he has to be and is that spirit. The man Christ Jesus is that spirit, is of God. If he doesn't confess that, it's the spirit of Antichrist. He says that Jesus Christ is not come in the flesh. The mark of the beast is the chi, the stigma, or key, z, stigma, C-H-I, key, Z-X-I, written as a coral snake, ready to bite, 60, which means rebellion. Stigma, six. What does it mean? Jesus Christ, key, C-H-I, Christ, 60, three score, 600, Christ, 60, Z, written as a snake, cold and ready to bite. Rebellion is not. Jesus Christ is not stigma, come in the flesh. That's the mark of the beast. That's the number of the man. That's saying that Jesus Christ is not come in the flesh, and that's the mark of it. Keezy Sigma. Written not as 600, three score, and six, but in the Greek, key, Z, Sigma. Key, Jesus Christ, Z is not stigma, come in the flesh. That's the mark of the beast. That's the mark of the Antichrist. Try it on every spirit to see whether they are of God or not. Ministers, pastors, and all that, and overseers and bishops of your churches. First thing you do, before that man takes the pulpit, you feel it in the Holy Ghost, then make sure that man confesses Jesus Christ has come of the flesh, that we're on that one spirit, that Jesus Christ is that spirit. And then we know that is of God. That spirit is of God. He does not confess that this spirit is not of Christ. It's the spirit of Antichrist, which is already in the world, John said. Well, there you have it. You'll notice on the screen that you'll see contact information. We would love for you to contact us. Don't let anybody tell you any difference that Jesus Christ is that spirit. He is that God of glory. The Son of God is the Father revealed. There's not another. Recap. Any spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh of God is come is a present imperfect tense. It is still happening and happening now as we speak and will until the fullness of the Gentiles be come in. Anyone that confesses that Jesus Christ is not come in the flesh, the key Z stigma, the 603 score and six is not of God and is that spirit of Antichrist. He has not been taught the doctrine of Christ. He does not abide in the doctrine of Christ. The doctrine of Christ and the height definitely can with. The height is Christ is God. He is the Spirit. He is the Father of glory. He is the Lord Jehovah God Almighty. He's Elohim. The depth, he became a man. He added to himself the form of a servant made in the likeness of men. The length and the width, he's now in us. Jesus Christ has come in the flesh. The height, depth, length, and width is Christ. Christ the Father manifest in a body of flesh, Son of God, which is now in us. As the height, depth, length, and width of Christ, what is it summed up? Jesus Christ is come in the flesh. 1 John 4, verse 1 through 4. You do that, you are a true minister of God. The ones that do not are false, transforming them and the devil himself. Satan himself, transforming himself into an angel of light. Even his apostles also. Try that apostle. Try that so-called bishop. If he doesn't confess that, he confesses a trinity, he doesn't know God. If he confesses the tunis, two lords, he doesn't know God. Confesses a oneness, that the man's not God, the man is God. 
He says, a man's not God. He is a liar. Well, he's got a big following. I don't care if he has hundreds of thousands following. It's an antichrist. And there will be many deceived in the last days. Coming in the name of Christ and shall deceive many in his name. Don't be one of them. Well, until the next time, this is Brother Dennis Beard saying, Behold, the real Jesus.